Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And good day to you. This is Brad Zockel. You're listening to the Questions About Heaven podcast. Boy, I appreciate you being with me. And as we've been walking through the book of Revelation in this specific design for our study right now, we've been going verse by verse, and now we're in chapter 7. I mean, think about what we've been looking at so far. Revelation chapter 1, we see the Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. The prophecies have all come true, and we're seeing Jesus for who he really is. The instruction to the churches, we see the seven churches, and what they are doing right, what they are doing wrong, preparing themselves, the ministry ahead, other things along that line. Then we step into the Metatalta. That's the section that starts in chapter 4, goes all the way to the end of the book, and that is the hereafter, the future. John is invited up into heaven, going through the doorway of eternity, just moving through all space, all time continuums are broken as we see him stepping into this beauty, this wonder. We see God's justice. We see his love for his children. We see his design. We see the angels. All of these different things as we're moving all the way through chapter 4 and then 5, the grand celebration when Jesus Christ takes the rightful ownership back of the universe. Chapter 6, start the judgments. We're now in chapter 7, and we've moved through the designation of the missionaries during this time. 144,000, 12 tribes of 12,000 missionaries going out. You see, there's a seven-year period of God's judgment on earth. And during that time, is there a chance for people to receive salvation. Well, we see here that the missionaries are sent out, and we see a very, very powerful effect upon those. We went through that up through verse uh, 8 of chapter 7, and if you'd like to, go on back to my studies on that. If you will go back to the previous podcast, and you'll get some answers there as we talk about the designation, and we'll see some more of those missionaries in chapter 14. But now let's go into uh, chapter 9 as we're moving on through here and looking, I'm sorry, verse 9 of chapter 7, and then continuing on out. Revelation, the word in the Greek is apocalypsis. It means the unveiling. And we're seeing the unveiling of Jesus Christ, the unveiling of who he really is, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. More than our Savior, he's our sovereign. We Move on in here to Revelation chapter 7. And as I'm looking at this, and I start in verse 9, There's a description of a great multitude, massive crowd here. After this I looked, I'm reading in verse 9 of chapter 7. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Quote, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And that finishes their song. Verse 11, all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, and then here's the next one, 
quote, Amen, which means so be it. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. And once again they say, Amen. And I'll stop at that in verse 11 because there's a question by the elders. But we want to concentrate on this first part here. What, what is about this, this multitude? Who are these people? They mingle with the angels. They're singing here. There's praise. And what in the world is this all about? Okay, let's get an idea. Let's start off on this too. When we look at this here, and we're looking at the great uh, scene here, one of the most fascinating ones to me, because you can almost hear the gasp as John is right. I saw a great multitude. Uh, behold, that term, remember? It's kind of look with three exclamation points behind it. The, the American English can't really do justice. This behold is like stop everything and give it your full attention. All right, now when we look at this, we're reminded that this is going to be the fulfillment of the promise. We look back into the Gospels, and we look into Matthew chapter 24, and this is what was said, this Gospel of the Kingdom, the Gospel, the good news, euangelion, the good news being carried, the salvation of Jesus Christ shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And what's it say after that? Then shall the end come. Well, it appears here, that's what happened. The 144,000 missionaries went out and they preached that end time had come after these things. We see this and then in this, when we see this, the result. Now, we look at this in all of this. The wonderful thing is, this is one of the things when we hear of people saying, well, God will win who he wants, when he wants. And they'll go into, and I'm not going to go into some big terms here for those that are just wanting to know when we go into all of these 50 cent words within the Christian community. Let me just lay it out. The scripture does tell us, even though we know God is omniscient and he knows the decision makers on this, but the invitation to accept Jesus Christ is there. John 3.16, whoever calls upon uh, the, the name of the Lord, Romans 10, 13 would be that. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In John three sixteen, it says, God so loved the world, he uh, gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Whoever believes on him. Uh, let's go to Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open up the door. You see, you see the invitation is open. If anybody opens up the door, I will come in. The scripture tells us that we do have that choice. That's why we are told to go out. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, think about this, what's called the Great Commission. What is this Great Commission? All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, Jesus says. Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, all right? And we see this it's continually given the command to go out into all the world. Think about it. Mark chapter 16 says it as well. Go out into all the world and preach this good news to everyone. So here's what happens. During this time, during the great thlipsis is the Greek word, there is a response they're going to go through the tribulation, and John sees them and answers the question, 
Could anybody be saved during this time? He can't even count the numbers. Okay? All of these. Now, we think about this. There have been those that have died for the faith. Uh, Revelation chapter 6, verses 9 through 11 talk about the martyrs, the ones under the fifth seal that died for their faith. Now, they are told, be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. That's found in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. Don't fear what you're going to suffer. The devil's about to cast some of you into prison. You'll be tested and be faithful even unto death and I'll give you the crown of life. And so what they've done is they do not have fear of Satan to the point where they want to save their own skin. They are going to be faithful to the Lord. And as we see this, it tells you this. They're coming from everywhere. Nations, tribes, peoples, tongues. This is what I absolutely love. When we see Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 10, it says, All things are under Christ. It reminds me in the context of this passage is there's no bias in heaven. There's no racism in heaven. There's no uber-nationality prejudice. We are all together under Christ. We've come together there, and it's been preached to all nations, and the reception has come from all nations, and they have come here. We see this in Revelation chapter 14, the everlasting gospel is being preached to those who dwell on the earth, the emphasis to every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every people. And we see them coming here. And don't you think that's wonderful? That nobody cares about the skin color of anybody. Nobody cares about the dialect that comes from somebody's mouth, the language. No one cares about the social standing. I was even asked this in an online class today. Will there be social standings in heaven. No, they're all coming under here. Just because somebody had made more money than somebody else on earth, that is of no consequence in heaven. It's the faithfulness that will come out in rewards, but there will not be favoritism in heaven on here. And we see this. They stand before the throne. This uh, tells us that we're looking in heaven. They're standing here before the throne, before the Lamb, And I want you to remember this, it's before God. The throne is the center of heaven. God, as we see in Ezekiel chapter 1, Revelation chapter 4, John sees the throne, the one upon the throne, the great judge. This is God the Father. These ones are not running around as you see in some of these contemporary books about people claiming to have gone to heaven, and people are just dancing around in some celestial basketball court or amusement park, and they're doing their own thing. It doesn't follow the scripture. It tells us that the center of this is the glory of the Lord. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 14 tells us on the new earth that the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. As the waters cover the sea, the glory will cover there. Do you see? You see, when we're looking in the scriptures and we're talking about heaven, we don't see a lot of personal entertainment. Because I'm reminding you, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will be added for you. We are guaranteed, as it says in Psalm 1611, we will have joy to the filling, fullness of joy. But when we start saying, okay, well, what's the center of all of this? Well, it's right here, before the throne. And we see the martyrs before the throne. This multitude in heaven, before the Lamb, the Lamb, Jesus, in heaven right now, and we see him as we saw in verse in chapter 5. 
They're reclaiming the universe and starting the judgments, and he is still there. Now, we saw in Revelation chapter 6, the martyrs had received white robing. Okay? They received white clothing, the symbolism of the purity uh, in that. They will be clothed in white. The, uh, these ones here are clothed in white. And these ones here, th there's not been a resurrection yet, but in here. These souls have been given honor. See, some people will say, well, we're just kind of meaningless, shapeless voids in heaven. Well, no. I mean, it says here, gives you the idea of the individuality and the character. They're each given clothing, and those souls are given clothing right now. During this time, it also says that they are carrying something as well. And what was that? Palm branches. You see, when you go back, Palm branches were talking about rejoicing, a call for victory. And when you see Leviticus chapter 23 and Leviticus, and in this area we talk about the holidays and the celebrations of the Lord. And the children of Israel were instructed to take the branches of palm trees and they would rejoice before the Lord for seven days. You'll find that in Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 40. You're also going to notice a couple of verses later, then the booth, the tabernacles, these little dwelling places, that's going to be a time in that celebration to recognize. See, this is the Feast of Tabernacles celebration. When I was over in Israel, we happened to, uh, at one, one of the two times that I went, we came in during the Feast of Tabernacles, and all the booths that were around, those little tabernacle dwellings were there. Well, part of the construction on the top, in there, were to be the palm branches, to celebrate God. And this is what happens here. This is going to be a celebration time. This will continue even into the millennial kingdom. Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 16 tells us this. It will come about and that any who are left of all the nations that went against Jerusalem will go up year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, Zechariah. And so we're seeing that grand and great celebration in there to understand and recognize and rejoice in the Lord and to see his power and to call upon his glory. This would be something for us just to take into heart right now. You know, there's so many people that want to celebrate themselves within the Christian faith. Look at me, and I hear so many sad stories of there are people that want to be Christian celebrities, Talk about an oxymoron. Talk about a strange combination of words. A Christian celebrity. Because those ones, celebrity, celebrating, you're celebrating yourself. Well, I thought that when we follow the Bible, it says that glory and honor go to the Lord. I think of Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 3. Before that throne, Isaiah witnesses the very angels, the, uh, the seraphim, the praising angels as they're known as the burning ones. Who are they celebrating? Themselves? I mean, after all, these are angels with six wings. No, 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 no. They are circling the throne, celebrating the Lord. Holy is the Lord. All honor goes to him who was and is and is to come. And as we're looking at this grand celebration, do they celebrate themselves and saying, look what I did. I died for the faith. <laughs> They're celebrating the Lord. They're calling out a praise to the Lord here. And during that time, think about this. In John chapter 12, what happens whenever Jesus comes in in what's known as the triumphal entry? 
John chapter 12 and verse 13, they took branches of palm trees, went out to meet Jesus, began to shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And that is the call here. And it's telling us the celebration that happens, salvation belongs to our God and to the Lamb. And remember this, when Jesus comes in, that's what they're calling in John chapter 12, and that's what they're calling now. The triumphal entry, the fulfillment of Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9, that's a prophecy. The fulfillment of John chapter 12 is also, you see it doubled down here. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Look at this. Salvation doesn't belong to me, doesn't belong to you, it belongs to God. He's the one responsible for that. And they're all calling on out there. That word literally means save now. Save, Lord, save. And that's what they're calling out, Hosanna, in there. We praise you because salvation is made possible. Well, that's what it's saying here in verse 10. Salvation, salvation, Lord, you made it possible. And the call is there. What is salvation? Well, this means that we are brought out of danger and we are kept from danger. Think about Revelation chapter 22 and verse 3. There's no more curse. The curse is gone. Revelation 21, 4. There's no more death. We're saved from death. No more illness. We're saved from illness. No more loneliness. Revelation 21, 3. We're with God. He is with us. Revelation 7, 17. The lamb continues to shepherd in there. God is saying this. There is no other. He is the Lord. Isaiah 43 and verse 11. He is the one. And he deserves our praise. He's taking care of us. And so with that, I'll stop right now on this, and we see this. And so I'm going to ask you something as we talk about this. Are you in the daily call toward the Lord in your Bible reading and in your prayer time to just thank the Lord and once again remind yourself through your praise of him that thank you, Lord, for my salvation. Salvation, you're responsible for that. You are deserving of praise, Lord. And if there comes a time of ego when I think I've done these things under my own steam, Lord, let me look once again to you. In the end, the ones who have been serving the Lord so, so very powerfully, even to the end of their lives, say, I don't believe, I don't, I don't uh, need any praise. I don't need any recognition. All the salvation and the waving of this victory branch goes to you, Lord. And thank you, Jesus, for this. And this is the celebration that goes on. May we remember that. May we rejoice in that very powerful passage here. Thank you so much for listening. Let's continue our study as we are looking at the joy of Revelation chapter 7 and the victory that comes through the Lord. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon again. But please remember this. If in any way that I can help you, Zulon International Bible Ministry is here in daily teaching. In the afternoon, I teach online classes to people around the country and indeed around the world. We have online classes of Bible leadership as well as daily instruction for different groups, Q&A time uh, in, in studies, Zoom classes. If you think that you might be led to be able to help us in some small way if by giving, that you might help uh, as I jump into the car, this is not a big ministry, it is a, a whole staff of one. I handle all the mail, I do all the recordings, and I drive myself to places to speak, okay? And we have some expenses in going to places where churches can't afford 
to cover my expenses for traveling. I don't ask for honorariums. I don't set a price. But if you feel that you might be able to help me as I continue to bring the word and talk about heaven, then would you go to our site at zulon.org, X-U-L-O-N.org. And even $5 might help me with some extra gas to get across the state to meet with a little church that can't afford anything. You know, $5, $10, or maybe a regular giving. If you would, then zulon.org, and then go under the tab called Donate. Look at, look at our ministry. See what's going on on our website. And if the Lord would lead you, we are a 501c3 uh, corporation, and there is tax credit for that in your giving. And so I want you to prayerfully consider that. This is Brad. Thank you so much. Thank you for the time that you've spent here. And let's get back into Revelation and talk some more about that. Take care. God bless. And Lord willing, we'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.